Hey, what's up Faith Church Online? We're so glad to have you joining us today. Our mission here at Faith Church is to reach people and connect them to God and others. Every week we have people tuning in for the first time and we're so honored to be a part of what God is doing in each of your lives. If today is your first time checking out Faith Church, we'd love to know. Just grab your smartphone and text CONNECTFC to 97000. If you've been attending for a while and are looking to connect with others who call Faith Church home, we have a variety of Facebook groups you can jump right into at any time. These groups are open to everyone, everywhere, whether you attend one of our physical locations or you're joining us from another state or even another country. If you're ready to start making those connections, just head over to igotofaith.com groups. Now the worship team is getting ready to kick things off, so let's jump in. Come on, let's have some fun. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not all my failures I try to hide It was my truth Till I met you Come on, let me hear you You called my name Oh, 
Let's lift our hands towards heaven for just a moment. We worship you, God. Our hearts, our mouths declare that there's no one like you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. Great are 
One more time, three voice.
Come on, Faith Church, can we make some noise to a God who's good? Come on, all across this place. Come on, for the next 15 seconds, come on, let's give God praise. Come on, let's give him our best worship today. Come on, he's worthy all across this place. Come on, church. Jesus. David, in the Old Testament, he was a king, wrote many of the Psalms. They were actually lyrics to songs he wrote about who God was to him. And one of the things you'll find repeated is he says things like this, that God was his strong foundation, his rock, his fortress, the strong tower that he would run into and be found safe. The thing that's unique about him saying those type of things, again, is because he was a king, he had a royal guard. He had some of the best assassins around him, some of the best at that time swordsmen. He lived behind walls. I mean, he would go out to battle, but my point is like, he had all kinds of other physical things to keep him safe. But what he acknowledged was, you know, the one who's really keeping me safe is God. It's not the walls of the city. God is my strong fortress. Let me put that in modern terms. Jeff Bezos, you all know who that is, right? CEO of Amazon. Anybody know he's worth a little bit of bling? I heard a thing just the other day that if someone was paid $8,000 an hour from the time of Jesus until today, you wouldn't have the wealth that Jeff Bezos has. And it would be like the equivalent of a multi-squillionaire like Jeff Bezos saying, God is my wealth. What David was saying and what we need to understand as Christ followers is the true source of all that we have is Jesus. He is the source of our hope, our peace, our provision, our strength, our wisdom, our relationship. Everything we have is in Jesus. And it's not to discount jobs and friends and degrees. It's ultimately saying that God is an unending source that any time we can go to and he can always give us what we need, which means if you walked into this room and you feel weary and weak, he's your strength. If you walked into this room and you're in a situation and you don't know what to do or you're watching online and you feel overwhelmed, I want you to know that he's your wisdom. He's your hope. He's our salvation. He is everything to every person in every moment if you'll give him the chance. Come on, does anybody in this room know that the God we serve is an unlimited source? Paul said it this way, that he is all things to all people. And so I want us today, maybe you walked into this room and maybe you have a need in your life and maybe you're not sure how to figure it out or how to get there. I want you to know you walked into a place that God will meet you where you are. You tuned into a service that God will meet you right where you are online. And I want to pray for you that God would show up in your situation, in your moment. How many people walked into this room and you got something in your life you need God to show up in? Come on, lift a hand. Just say, that's me. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus. And I lift up every person right here in Florence and every person online. That, God, the struggles and the battles and the challenges and the issues and even the opportunities that are in front of us that are too big for us, too overwhelming. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, we will begin to see you the way David saw you that you're our strong tower, you're our rock, you're our fortress, you're everything we need. And so today we make that declaration, and I declare it, Father, in Jesus' name, that God, you will make your presence known in a powerful, transforming way in this moment of worship. God, I pray, show up in every life and in every situation. And Father, I thank you in advance that you're everything we need in every situation, in every moment of life. And everybody who believed that said amen. Come on, one more time. Can we make some noise for Jesus in this house? Slap somebody an air high five. Don't touch them because it's COVID. Love them, smile at them, and you guys can have a seat. 
Come on, show somebody your teeth. They're always hidden behind masks, at least here. You can smile at somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them. Listen, it's great to have everybody here. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Church. I want to welcome all of you here to our Florence campus. And to all of you who are watching online, thanks so much for tuning in. We never in any way, shape, or form take your presence, whether it's live or digital. We never take it for granted. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. If you're Faith Church family, hey, man, it's great to have you in the house today or again online. If this is your first time possibly joining us, we consider you a VIP. And we just want to welcome you and say, man, we're so glad you decided either to show up or to tune in. And as a way of making a connection, because here at Faith Church, our mission is to reach people and to connect them with God and others. And so we would love to connect with you if you're comfortable with that. You can do that digitally, either online or in person. All you have to do to let us know that you're here is text Connect FC to 97,000. And uh, we would love to mail you a gift as a way of saying thanks for connecting with us. If you're here live and you're comfortable with doing it at our Florence campus, there's a VIP card in the seat back in front of you. You can fill that out. Give us whatever information you're comfortable with. And at the end of the service, take it out to the VIP desk. We'd love to put a gift in your hand as a way, again, saying thanks so much for being here. Listen, we can't do what we do without the generosity and the giving of a lot of people who call this place home and who call themselves faith family. That's from people who give of their time and their talent, people who show up and serve, people who give of their time and show up in love, and people who give financially to make the ministry of Faith Church possible. And so in advance, thanks for everything everybody does. Come on, y'all, like give yourselves a hand. Y'all are bananas generous with what you have to make this place work. And so this is our opportunity to give financially. Again, we can't do ministry without you all making it happen. And so if this is home, man, we just encourage you to support what's happening here. If you're a guest, feel no obligation at all to participate in the part of the service. You're welcome to, but no obligation. You can always give three ways here at Faith Church. You can give, obviously, at any time going online at igotofaith.com backslash give. You can text at any time. You can text your gift uh, to uh, 84321. Uh, and you can always do it in person while you're here. You can use an envelope and there are buckets on the way out. And as you give, man, know again that you're ultimately giving back to the Lord and you're supporting the ministry of Jesus around the world. And even beyond our tithe, again, one of the things that we've taken on this year and are going to continue forward and we're going to talk about today is called Kingdom Builders. Come on, everybody say Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders. Come on, everybody shout Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders means that we're committed to build God's kingdom through a generosity initiative. We're going to do more than we've ever done to see the kingdom of God advance. We are feeding hungry bellies. We are educating people. We are, uh, we are uh, training pastors. We're building facilities. We're preaching the gospel right here at home and all over the world. And you make that possible by being a kingdom builder. And so whether you're tithing or whether you're being a kingdom builder, man, again, you can use those options. And uh, God bless you guys, man, in advance for doing that. Hey, listen, one other thing real quick. We announced last week Christmas is coming. Anybody excited for Christmas? Let's go. It's around the corner. Uh, if you need my sizes, colors, preferences, they're listed on my social media. Looking for ideas. Um, so our Christmas services, we announced last week that we were doing Christmas at the box office. It got at the box office is huge every year here at Faith Church. And because we were out in July, typically when we do it, we thought we would move it to Christmas, make it really special, and it was going to be bananas big, and we were looking forward to it. But because of COVID and some of the continuing challenges, we're going to have to downscale some of our services. We were going to do eight services between both locations here in Florence and in Lawrenceburg. 
and we're going to have to scale some of that back. So what we're telling you is if you were planning on coming Friday or Saturday, we're just going to do them Sunday morning at 9 and 11 in Lawrenceburg, 8, 30, 10, and 11, 30, which were our pre-COVID times here in Florence. And so it's still going to be absolutely incredible. So I want to encourage you, get here, get some friends and family members. There's plenty. There's going to be overflow seating, so we will still social distance, but there's room for you, room for your friends, room for your family. Make sure you get them here. It's going to be an incredible time to worship Jesus and to have an encounter. I promise you it's going to change your life. So get some people here. That is, again, on Sunday, just a few, uh, two weeks away from today. Make sure you get them here. Well, listen, right now, Lawrenceburg is joining us live. Can we give some love to our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family? It's good to have you guys in the house. God bless you guys up there. Listen, I'm excited this morning to introduce you to a friend of mine. We've known each other for, I don't know, we're not even really sure, maybe eight or nine years. We've done some missions work together. He's been a pastor. He's now stepped out of pastor. He's in a different branch of ministry. He's one of the guys, about five good friends of mine, that we just finished our master's degree together. Let's go. And uh, so Faith Church, Lawrenceburg, Florence, and everybody online, will you do me a favor? Will you stand to your feet and lose your mind for a good friend of mine, Brian Campbell? Let's go. Welcome in Faith Church. Thank you. What? Wow. Standing ovation. Yeah. Let's get set up here. Good morning, Faith Church. It is so, so good now to be introduced to you because rumor has it that the second service is more spiritual, better looking, respond better to the guest speaker. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, I would like to uh, introduce the wife that the Lord gave me. And we celebrated in July 40 years, right? Jamie, you want to stand? Yep. And so we were pastors for 30 years, and then we got delivered from that. And the last, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, you just, you, you'll get that later. So now for the last three and a half years, we have been just crisscrossing the country, and I do about, Oh, I don't know, probably about a half a dozen pre-COVID, hopefully post-COVID, international trips. And uh, so uh, I get to be all over the place. I've had the privilege of being in 47 different countries. And all that really to say this to you, and I know you probably are surely already aware of this, but you are led by absolutely five-star leaders in Pastor Steve and Shauna. And I say that from two perspectives. One is I'm in, a, I'm in a different place almost every weekend. And let me just say, there's not a lot of five-star leaders. Okay, there's, in fact, I'd be happy to give some stars to some, all right? But so you have the creme de la creme, and I really got to know Pastor Steve really well in our master's program. And as you can see, we're similar age. And yeah, right? And he, Pastor Steve, is a leader among leaders. And he's a top one percenter. And I just want to affirm you in knowing that, but cherish that and value that. And um, God will bless you for that. So as mentioned, one of the ministries that we represent is Fire Bible. And Fire Bible is a strategic partner with your kingdom builders. So thank you, Faith Church, for your partnership with us. Thank you, Pastor Steve. 
And let me just give you a brief, uh, you know, a little over 20 years ago, there was a visionary group of missionaries and pastors, and they came together, and there's a world-class study Bible, the best in my opinion, and it was known as the Full Life Study Bible. The man who was responsible for that devoted 10 years of his life, and three months after he finished the work of this study Bible, he died of cancer at the age of 53. So Don Stamps could have never known that the, his life's work would be turned into what is now known as the Fire Bible. And the Fire Bible, that full life study Bible, has now been translated into 57 different languages with over 11 million copies distributed worldwide. And one of the translations, the two most recent that were completed last year were the Vietnamese and the Albanian. I had traveled to Albania for the first time about four or maybe five years ago. And at lunch one day, I met a man who was sitting across from me. And the, the guy that introduced me, he said his name was Hervin. Now, we would hooked on phonics. It was just Hervin to me. But they had, you know, that Albanian little, little twist to it. And he said, Hervin, tell your story to Brian. And he began to share with me, you see, let me give you a little, a little backdrop, is that after World War II, Albania became a completely 100% communist, godless nation and was that way for almost 50 years. The only two religions that were active before communism came was Islam and Greek Orthodox. So in 1991-92, when communism fell in the nation of Albania, there were no known believers. And so as missionaries began to go in, they planted the first church in Tirana, which is the capital of Albania. And there was a young man who was attending the, the mosque, and he was given an assignment by the imam to go into this first Christian church in Tirana and be a disruption. So every Sunday, Hervin would go to the church, and he would find ways to disrupt them and be a pain. He would tell me, he said, I noticed, the first thing that I noticed about these people was every week when I would come back, they would treat me like I was one of their own. He said, the second thing was, was I realized that if I'm going to start tripping them up, I need to know what they believe. So he started reading through the New Testament. By the time he got through the Gospels and got to the Gospel of John, uh, all of a sudden, for, he was about six months into this journey, all of a sudden he began to experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing. And what he was reading, he said three or four weeks in a row they had guest speakers, and they were completely independent of the other. And so each week the guest speaker was preaching from the Gospel of John what he had been reading that week. And by about the third or fourth week, he could no longer resist the, the wooing of the Holy Spirit, and he gave his life to Christ. The result of that, yeah, amen. The result of what that was, he got the left foot of fellowship from his family, and which basically means he got kicked out. And so Hervin, it was, it was, if you can get this picture, when you read the book of Acts, this in Albania, this is what's happened. It's first-generation Christianity. And so Hervin has this, you know, Saul to Paul experience, and he immediately begins telling everyone about Jesus. And he ends up planting a church. Fast forward now, this man who's sitting in front of me, he is now the translator for the Albanian Fire Bible. Here's the rest of the story. 
about six or seven years into his journey, there was a, a total government takeover by the people because of all of the, the, um, all of the unrest there. And the byproduct of that was that um, Hervin had made some enemies because of coming to Christ. And so one night they were having a youth meeting in their building on a Friday night. And it was not his wife yet. They were, they were engaged. She was upstairs with the young ladies. He was downstairs with the men. There was a knock on the door. Two men came in with hoods over their face with Kalishnikovs. And I'm sitting across from him from the table. And he said, as close as you are to me, these men pointed these guns in my face and started pulling off rounds. And obviously none of them hit him. They ended up taking the butt of the gun and knocking him out, and God spared his life. And now this guy, is he's over the entire denomination of the Church of God in the nation Albania, and he was primarily responsible for the translation work of the Fire Bible. And that's what you're part of, some of these exciting projects. And now there's almost 30,000 people that, that confess Christ in the nation of Albania. That's what you're partnering with. Faith Church. Man, that's a lot to get in in a short amount of time because your pastor's only given me a few minutes to talk. Another, another translation that was finished a few years ago, and we're working on it, and this is the New Testament. Uh, for those of you know that one of the most oppressed, if not the most oppressed nation in our world right now is the, the country of North Korea. This is a North Korea New Testament fire Bible. We printed 10,000 copies of this Bible, and all 10,000 copies have been smuggled in and worked their way in to North Korea. Now, if they're found, here's what you need to know. You need to pray, because if someone is caught with this Bible in North Korea, they would lose their life. One of the smugglers was caught, and she was executed right in front of her, of her family. So there's a great cost that is being paid for the gospel to go into these nations. And again, these are the type of ministries that you're part of. So thank you for your partnership again, Pastor Steve, Faith Church, and we're excited to continue to move forward for the glory of God. All right, I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning about a real serious topic, and I want to talk this morning about stuff. I used to be, you know, try to be really brilliant and creative and come up with message titles that were just like, ooh. And then I realized I had to spend more time trying to unpack what the title meant. And so I just gave up on that. And now I just make it really, really simple. And, and so this morning I want to talk. That, in fact, the title of my message is this. Our stuff is the Lord's. If you'll turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 35. We're going to look at one verse, verse 5, and then over to Exodus chapter 36 and one verse, verse 7. As you're turning there, let me give you a little backdrop of what we're going to read. Uh, God speaks to Moses, and he gives Moses a very specific design for the original tabernacle. And it was very elaborate. It was very, very, very specific, very, very ornate. So it's a very, you know, exotic uh, plan, but the way... The, resource, the way it would be resourced was very, very simple. The resourcing for the original tabernacle was this, that the people would bring everything needed to outfit that original tabernacle. Let's read these two verses together. Exodus 35 verse 5 says this, From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring... <coughs> excuse me, is to bring to the Lord an offering. 
Chapter 36, verse 7. This is in the King James, and I love that because you'd never imagine in the King James using the word stuff. And here it is. This is the text from which we get the, the text from which we get the message this morning. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. The stuff, the stuff of their life, the stuff that they have. In fact, they brought so much stuff. Imagine Pastor Steve standing in front of you and, you know, it's, it's, it's the end of the Kingdom Builders year and, you know, it's, it's Capstone Offering Sunday and Pastor Steve stands in front of you and says, today we're not even going to take an offering. You've given so much, we need nothing more. Can you imagine that? Now that's the scenario here. Moses literally tells the people because they did a free will offering every day. And you think it's bad once a week. Listen, Moses literally got in front of the people and said, no mas, no more. You've brought, you've been so generous. You brought so much. You just need, you just need to stop. So this morning, we're going to talk for you a few minutes about our stuff. Lord, we just thank you for these moments here. We thank you for this service. We thank you for the generosity of Faith Church that has brought us at this point in time. We thank you this morning that, as, Lord, as we look at the stuff of our life, that, God, we would be open to you and we'd make it available to you. And we say, Lord, you've blessed us with everything that we have and everything that we are. And so we offer it back up to you. And to that end, Lord, we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said together. Let me ask you a question. Could it be, could it be that the stuff of your life right now may very well, might very well be the seed of your greatest harvest? I just told you the story about Don Stamps. Don Stamps, 10 years of his life, sowing the seed of his, of his time and talent and even his treasure. Don Stamps never got to see the fruit of the harvest of his life. How many of you know for eternity, Don Stamps is going to reap the reward of his faithfulness, but he never got to see it. You see, that's the nature of seed time and harvest. You know, when you're, when you, it, and it never gets any easier. Faith never necessarily gets any easier. And that next season, when it's time to plant the seed, we either store the seed or we plant the seed. But seed does nothing while it's stored or when it's in our hand. The only way the seed has any value is to get it in the ground. So again, I want to ask you this question. The stuff of your life, could it be that that is the seed of your greatest harvest. A good friend of Pastor Steve's of mine, Sam Johnson, was traveling across the plains of North Dakota one day, and he came across this seed advertisement, and it said, the most important day of the harvest is the day you choose your seed. The most important day of the harvest is the day you choose your seed. Robert Shuler said it like this. I know some of you be an eye in my snack. This is just in case the preacher goes too long this morning. This is second service. Robert Schuler said it like this, any fool can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in one seed. If we were to cut this apple open, typically, and there are anomalies, but in this apple are probably, in the, in the pit, in the core of it, are five seeds. Now, each one of those seeds, if they were replanted, each one of those seeds would take between six to 10 years for that seed to grow into a, a fruit-bearing tree. 
And then the fruit-bearing tree then has a lifetime of about 20 years of fruitfulness. And so each year, about 1,000 apples on the average tree. So I know you weren't expecting math today, but if you do the math, you would recognize that each of those five seed has a potential of a harvest of 20,000 apples. This one apple has the potential harvest of 100,000 apples. Think of that. But only God knows how many apples are in a seed. If you were to come alongside Jamie and I and take a snapshot of our life, we live in the Atlanta area. We've lived there for the last 13 years. We pastored a church there for 10 years, and then we continue to live there because the most important people in our life live about 10 minutes away, uh, and that is three of our grandsons because they're a reward for not killing your kids when they were teenagers. We're, strategic, we're strategically located 10 minutes away from these boys because we do not trust our kids to raise our grandkids. Somehow, our granddaughter, 11-year-old granddaughter, Ella, is, is over in North Carolina, and we get over there as much as we can because we got to keep an eye on her because, again, we just don't trust those kids of ours. But if you would see some of our family pictures and just a 10,000-foot view, you would say, Man, that Campbell and that Campbell clan, man, they are blessed. And here would be my response to you. You see the glory, but you don't know the story. So let me take a few moments and share with you a condensed version of some of our story. In 1988, at the ripe old age of 29, Jamie and I became lead pastors at First Assembly of God in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'd been married about eight, time, eight years at the time, and our daughters were six, four, and two. For the previous five years, we had served as youth and associate pastors, and we lived in a small two-bedroom house with 950 square feet in a very rough area of town. In fact, no exaggeration, people were killed at both ends of the street. And so now, on a lead pastor salary, because we came to find out pretty quick, lead pastors got made, made more money than youth pastors. Well, and so, and so for the first, so for the first time in our marriage. We actually had a little something, something. And so we decided that our plan would be we need to start saving for college and weddings. Well, my life verse for decision-making has always been Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, we thought we were making a good, responsible decision to begin a savings account. But as it turned out, the Lord had another idea. How many of you know the difference between good ideas and God ideas. We had a lot of good ideas, and sometimes God blesses those good ideas. But then there's other times that they are God ideas. And so shortly thereafter, the Lord began to speak to both of us, and we came to a revelation knowing that everything that we'd put into savings that we were supposed to sow into missions. The inference was that anything we would need along the way that at the time whether it was college or weddings or any other need that the Lord would provide at the appropriate time. Well, friends, time fails me this morning to tell you of all of the miracles that took place over 18 years for house and car repairs, braces, vacation, nine years of college. We wanted our kids to have a little skin in the game, so don't be hating because we only paid for three years. So fast forward to 2006. Our middle daughter was engaged, and the wedding date was set for July 22nd. 
We literally had nothing saved for a wedding. Early in the morning on March 15, 2006, just four months before the wedding, we had a house fire. In a matter of minutes, everything we owned, all the stuff of our life was either damaged or destroyed. Now, I must admit, you know, down in Atlanta, we're not as spiritual as y'all are over here in Florence, Alabama. But I must admit, I readily saw this going differently in my mind. Early one morning, a few days after the fire, I was reading devotionally in our small rented apartment, sitting on my Aaron's Rent-A-Center sofa, and the Lord gave me Psalm 66, verse 12. We went through the fire and the water, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. Friends, I sat there that morning and I absolutely wept as I rehearsed the faithfulness of God of the previous 18 years. The Sunday following the fire, a general contractor in our church approached me and he said, God told me to do the rebuild and repairs on your house. He said, insurance will pay the general contractor 20%, but I'm going to give that back to you. Man, I knew that was God. We moved back into our newly renovated home one week before the wedding of 350 attendees and a country club reception, and the wedding was completely paid for, and we had savings for the first time in our marriage. And oh, by the way, all of our stuff was replaced with brand new stuff. Come on, Faith Church, give the Lord some praise this morning. God's faithful. God's faithful. God's faithful to his promises. God's faithful to his principles. In 2004, two years before the fire, we're now pastoring in Hickory, North Carolina, and we'd embarked on a $1.5 million renovation expansion to help facilitate our growth. All three of our daughters were in college at the time, and I was driving a Jeep Cherokee with 220,000 miles and a bad paint job. And we were still giving all of our savings to missions. During that capital campaign, typically a capital campaign is a three-year deal, Jamie and I came to a revelation knowing that we were supposed to faith promise to that campaign $40,000. Now understand, we barely had $400 to our name, let alone $40,000. But on the night of the banquet, an unsaved man had come with his wife. He heard our story. He had attended services on occasion, and he listened to our story that night of how we came to a revelation knowing that we were supposed to faith promise $40,000. So he decided that he would make a $45,000 pledge to beat what the preacher was doing. Within 30 days of making that faith promise, the Lord spoke to a businessman and to pay our $40,000 faith promise in full. And oh, by the way, the guy who pledged the $45,000, he paid it within six months. Come on, Faith Church, give the Lord some praise. <clears throat> you see, the most important day of the harvest is the day you choose your seed. And only God can count all the apples in one seed. God is faithful. In late 2006, several months after the fire, how many of you can see that between 2004 and 2006, God was really busy with us? In late 2006, several months after the fire, we were getting ready to buy Jamie a car. We had sacrificed, especially her, for many years sharing one vehicle to get our daughters through college. But the week before we were going to buy her the car, we had our missions emphasis. We had our kingdom builders Faith Promise Sunday. 
I invited my mentor and spiritual father, Pastor Hugh Rosenberg, to speak. And as he was speaking, my wife leaned over to me and she, she said this. She said, you know, we can go another year with one car. We're supposed to increase our Kingdom Builders Faith Promise, the amount of the car payment. And so we did. You see, we had learned on our faith journey that God moves into the room that we create for him. That's important information. One year later, almost to the date, a man calls me and took me to, to lunch. As you can see, that's part of my spiritual gift set. At, we're sitting at lunch, and he says, God has woken me up three morning, mornings in a row telling me to give you a car. I knew that was God. I started singing, this is the day. Now, that's a little dated, but who cares? I thought, this is going to be a good day. Now, he was a man of means. He'd pick me up in a Hummer, but that wasn't it. <laughs> it's about as good. So we drive over to his house. The garage door goes up, and he had what he called his baby. It was a garaged 740 series BMW. He gave me the keys and the title, and I drove Jamie home her car. That was a good day. You see, the most important day of the harvest is the day you choose your seed. And only God can count all the apples in one seed. <clears throat> Fast forward to 2009. We're now pastoring in Dunwoody, Georgia. It's a bedroom community of Atlanta. When again, we're in a renovation program. We needed to raise 300000 in three months. And I decided we had always wanted to do this. I decided we would do a bring your stuff campaign. And that's how we were, we were going we to raise 300000 by people just bringing their stuff. Believe it or not, we did that. It was about that time that the Lord gave me a revelation knowing I had a beautiful, tricked out, Bubba Sampson pipes, LED lights, fully maxed out Harley Davidson motorcycle. And I felt like the Lord was telling me it was time to give it back to the Lord. So on the Sunday morning that we began our campaign, I literally drove it down the middle aisle. We had a middle aisle in that church. I literally drove it down the middle aisle and parked it in the front, and I gave it back to the Lord. Yeah, right? Yeah, you're excited about all the stuff I'm giving away, aren't you? We'll get to you here in a few minutes. <laughs> and oh, by the way, the Lord replaced that with a beautiful SUV that we still have to this day. In fact, it's out in the parking lot. That thing's got 150,000 miles and counting. And just stay tuned because the next chapter of a harvest of vehicles, because we've given away so many. Um, listen, I'm fine if that happens now. If, it, if somebody from Faith Church wants to talk to us afterwards, you know, 1-800. Anyway, God's faithful. But in late 2016, we're getting closer to home here. The Lord would surprise us again with the most important epiphany to date. Jamie and I came to a very clear revelation knowing. In fact, let me just pause here. Let me just pause here and say this. I was with a pastor this week who's wrestling. He's at a great church, great ministry, been there a long time, grew it from very small to very large, and, and um, just, a, just a great guy, a good friend. And he calls me from time to time to, you know, offer some sage, wise counseling. The Bible says something about gray hair. Well, what, what hasn't turned gray has turned loose. And so anyway, so I'm sitting with him and, and he's sharing with me a couple opportunities that he doesn't know whether it's God. And as he was sitting there telling me, 
I said, well, let me, let me tell you what my experience has been. He said, how did you know when you were supposed to leave and that it was time? I said, well, I said, my routine at that time was uh, every Saturday morning. I love going to church on Saturday mornings because no one was there. No one. And I had the place to myself and it was quiet and I could just, you know, I could just kind of get ready for the big, big day on Sunday. And so that was my routine. And I would spend three or four hours over at the office on Saturday. And if it was football season, I would get home just in time to see the Ohio State Buckeyes play. Well, so much could be said. I, I told Pastor Steve I would not bring up us beating a certain team at the Sugar Bowl in 2000. We didn't do it. it was New Year's Day, I think, 2015. It was a team in this state. Anyway, when the prophet Ezekiel broke through the line, he's coming running right down toward me and, as they won, and went on to win the national championship. But I told him I wouldn't even bring that up today because it was probably still hurts. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't know how I digressed into that. Anyway, so, so as was my routine, I was just minding my own business on that side. I lived, we lived about 25 minutes from the office, and I'm driving up the, it's 400. That's the name of the road. I'm driving up 400, and just, you know, every so often, um, these, some thoughts would come to my mind about what our journey had been for those 10 years at that church in Dunwoody. And we honestly thought we would stay there until we retire. We wanted to do what we're doing now, but we thought we would do that later. And as I'm driving up the road, no exaggeration, God, I've never seen God. I've never talked audibly. He's never talked audibly to me, but I know my knower. And I'm telling you, the presence of God came into the cab of that vehicle. I wasn't driving a semi, by the way. It was just pickup. And God showed up in that. And the essence of that was, I won't unpack all of that. The essence that came out of that was, it's time. If you're going to do this, you're going to do this now. And I, I, I had to pull off to the side of the road. No exaggeration. I was so overcome with emotion. And I just knew that that's how you know. That's how you make decisions. Decisions aren't made in boardrooms. They're made in, in prayer rooms. That's when you know. That's when you, how do you know? How do you know? You're, you just do. How do you know? How do you know, pastor? Your knower knows. And I came home and shared Jamie the, the good news. That afternoon, we sat there, and I missed my football game because it was October. And I missed the football game because we sat there for the next four or five hours unpacking this. In a matter of moments, here's, here's what happened. You see, God, was, God had a new assignment for us, and he was calling us out of pastoral ministry into this hybrid role as a missions ambassador. You see, God wanted us to start traveling and share our stories of generosity. So in July of 2017, we launched our BJC missions ambassador. Now, here's the rest of the story. We took a 40% pay cut with no benefits, you see, for 18 years, the Lord asked for our savings. And along the way, he asked for a bunch of our stuff. But on that Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon in October 2016, God was asking for the rest of our lives. So we launched out into the deep, and here we are, no regrets, because we truly believe that 
The most important day of our harvest was the day that we chose our seed and that only God can count the apples in our seed. Now, let me, let me share with you something. I want to, uh, let, me, let me jump ahead here. I want to I finish this story, but I want to get to the point. You see, along the journey, Jamie and I have learned a few principles about giving that we want to share. There's three, there's three types of giving. There's reasonable giving, there's sacrificial giving, and there's revelation-knowing giving. And sometimes those, those carry over. But the one that I am the most excited about most of the time is sacrificial because it's what we have. And when we came to that revelation knowing that it was time, God was asking us to take personal sacrifice for, of our life and the rest of our life. You know, we, we're, 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 you know, we're not spring chickens. You know, we're not young like your pastors. We're further down the road. And we're not ready for retirement. I, there's, there's no thought of retirement. I'm going to retire somewhere around 90. Because that's when we'll be able to afford to. But here's the deal. We only get one go around. I didn't sign up that the end of it was retirement so that I could do nothing for the latter years of my life. My Bible tells me even in old age, we're going to be fruitful and productive for the kingdom. Yes. The last year that I pastored, we gave $400,000 to missions. That's good, right? We're in the top. Yeah, in our denomination, we're out of 13,000 churches. We were in the top 100 giving of missions giving churches. So we're at a good missions giving church. But over the last three years, God has helped us to raise over $4.2 million for missions. That's why we do it. That's why we make the sacrifice. That's why we, we make our stuff available to the Lord. We don't know what the seed is going to produce and when it's going to produce. Only that by faith, when we release it to the Lord, there's no telling what God can do with that stuff of our life. And so most of us live in the land of reason. Nothing wrong with that. Reasonable giving is good. That's when we just, you know, we make a budget and here's what we can do. And here's God's, here's God's peace. Here's God's little, here's God's peace of our, you know, and this is what the church gets because they're the storehouse and, and, and here's what kingdom builders gets. And, and it's reasonable because we can afford it. Nothing wrong with that. But I can promise you God is wanting us to move from reasonable to sacrificial. I remember sitting in a service like this. I was 19 years old. I'd only been saved about a year and a half. I wasn't raised in the church. I was a heathen dog Gentile. My parents divorced when I was young, and so I came to Christ at 17. But before that, because of my parents' divorce, I, I, I lived a pretty rough life, but I did have a successful business career. I was a successful entrepreneur. I was in pharmaceutical sales as a teenager. Did very well. So good, in fact, that I quit high school. And about six months after that is when on August 20, 1976, I was saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit simultaneously and never looked back. So I wasn't raised in this. I didn't know how all this stuff worked. And so I'm sitting in a service very much like this, hearing a guy talk about this, and they're doing a faith promise, which basically is a, a response device of what you're feel like you're supposed to commit to. And I'm sitting there as a 19-year-old college student who needs $400 by the end of the week to get back into college. And I've got nothing. 
nothing. And I hear my knower say, 50 bucks. 50 bucks. And so I'm like, man, if, they, if they're going to rely on my 50 bucks, they're in trouble. Well, it wasn't about that. It was about this was beginning my journey of moving from reasonable into sacrifice. Even though it's only 50 bucks, the amount is not the issue. It's putting ourselves in a position so God can do something. So I wrote $50 down on that card, no exaggeration. The next day, I get a $500 check in the mail. I tithe my $50. I paid my $50 faith promise, and I had my 400 bucks to get back into college. And never look back. Sacrificial giving is the stuff of our lives. What stuff do we make available to God? Chip Ingram says it like this. God, this is God's genius in generosity. He guards our heart against greed by blessing us when we give away what we have. And many times in the midst of being generous with our stuff, and I want to I close with this because my, my time is rapidly fleeting. Um, I was pastor in the Dunwoody Church, and I'd only been there about six months, and we had a guy come in and do a 10-minute window, and he built tabernacles in Africa, churches. And for $5,000, you could build a church in Africa. So I told him, I said, come, we'll, you know, I'll give you 10 minutes, and I'll commit to two of those. We'll take an offering, which we did. And we committed to two of those, praise God. While <laughs> I get up to speak, and I hear my knower say, there's someone in the room who's supposed to do a tabernacle. Now, here's the difference between me and your pastor. If your pastor does that, he's going to be here next week. If he misses it, he's got to live with that. I was the pastor. I'm going to live with that if, I, if I'm wrong. Listen, I'm, I'm driving back to Atlanta today. So, I, you know, I'm risking. What am I risking? Pastor doesn't ask me back. That's not uncommon. So I'm the pastor. And so I said, folks, I don't want to miss this. I didn't know the people very well. I've only been there six months. I said, I think somebody God's speaking to, and you're supposed to do one of those tabernacles. And then I just went on. Well, nothing happened. It's like, well, oops. The next Sunday, nothing happened. The next day on Monday morning, I show up at the office, and there is one of the senior saint sisters and she's parked in the parking lot. And when I get out of my car, she gets out of her car. She comes, pastor, pastor, pastor. She's waving this check. She said, here it is. <laughs> La-dee-da. <laughs> what is it? And here's, now here's, the, here's all that to say this. She made this statement. She said, because you did what you did, gave me the courage because I wouldn't have done it. I needed the courage to know that I was hearing from God. That's what this moment this morning is all about. There's, listen, there's people, maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're at the other campus. You know, maybe, you, maybe you're not even part of this church, but you're looking for a church that gets generosity for missions. Or you're sitting in this room this morning. The first couple times your knower starts going off and he's asking for something, it's scary. It's scary. If you're married, it's even more scary. Because especially if they're not having the same, you know. But the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? I sense that happening here this morning. And I'm pausing this to simply say to you, if you're kind of feeling that stirring and God's asking for some of the stuff of your life, just be obedient. Put yourself out there because God 
will be faithful to you. Let me close with this. This morning, Faith Church, I just offer you this simple challenge for consideration. And this is a rhetorical question. Is the stuff of your life available to the Lord? It's a reasonable question. As believers, if you're in this room and you're not a believer, you're not obligated. But if you're a believer and you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, and we've been bought with the price, everything we have is because the Lord has provided. So I ask you, is the stuff of your life available to the Lord? And then what stuff might the Lord be asking for for kingdom builders or even this capstone offering? My simple prayer for you is that you'll clearly hear and discern the Lord's voice and have the courage to respond out of either a sacrificial capacity or a revelation knowing. Because remember, the most important day of your harvest is the day you choose your seed. And only God can count all the apples in the seed of the stuff of your life. And could it be that the stuff of your life right now may very well be the seed of your greatest harvest? Let me pray over you. Father, thank you for the privilege of being here at Faith Church this weekend. For our dear friends and amazing leaders, Pastor Steve and Shauna and their team, and all that you've used in their leadership over these last eight, nine years. What a fantastic place this is. And I thank you for their vision for kingdom builders and for this planet, both locally and globally. And this morning, God, I pray that it's a partnership, that all the needs that missionaries and and missions organizations like Fire Bible around the world, God, are relying on the generosity of the saints in the seats. So may you move upon our hearts today and be obedient to what you're asking of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Faith Church. Can we give it up for Brian Campbell and his bride, Jamie? Come on, Lawrenceburg. Come on, let's show some honor even up in that house. So again, if, if you've been here for a while, this is home base. You know, we started 2020 with a call. God laid it on my heart for us to do more for missions than we've ever done. And so we started the journey of being a kingdom builder. The idea was that up to that point, we had been giving about 10% of the income that you give. We made sure that always went right back out, and we cranked that up to about 30%. That's what our kingdom builder's commitment was. And uh, coming into this year, God laid a big number on my heart of $800,000. That's what we would do as a church. And then COVID hit, and people dropped out. Obviously, we couldn't even come to the building. And even coming back, many people just aren't comfortable. But to your credit... Some of you have continued to be generous and give above and beyond. And so today we have already brought in over half a million dollars to Kingdom Builders in 2020. That's, that's awesome. And so Lawrenceburg and Florence, thank you for your generosity. So the goal of today is I know Brian and Jamie, I know their story. Sean and I, we have stories as well. And many of you have the same stories where you started trusting God with what you had. And man, God showed up and God blessed it. And I wanted you to hear from a friend of mine who's lived it, who's walking in it. So maybe you could be inspired to trust God because I remember early in my journey, and some of you know this as well, when you first start to give something to God, money especially, it feels like you have less, right? 
If you got two 20s and a 10 in your pocket and you feel like if I give 20, I'm going to have $20 less. And most of you have figured out, Lawrenceburg, you figured out, you don't have less when you give to God, all of a sudden you have more. Anybody experience that? Like God just blesses you and honors you. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, give. Everybody say give. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, give. And here's what happens. Give and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over the same way you measure it out, it'll be measured back to you. What God was saying is, as we become Christ followers with all that we have, when we trust him with him, we give him our time, we give him our talent, we give him our treasure, that somehow he blesses that and does far beyond than what we can ever give. And so I want you to know there's no compulsion to give. If you feel manipulated in any way, keep what you have. But if you feel inspired to do something beyond yourself, I want to invite you to help us to close the gap. We set the year with an $800,000 goal. So my big dream is between now and the end of the end of the year, but primarily today is we bridge that $300,000 gap. And so whatever God's speaking to you, Pastor Chris is going to lead us in a song. And I just want to invite you just to hang out and allow the Holy Spirit to whisper something to you. Hopefully you've already been praying about this. We've been talking about this for several weeks. And so there's three ways for you to give. If you want to give in person today, you can use the offering envelopes and there are buckets in the back at both campuses, Lawrenceburg, you should have buckets in the back uh, in your location. You can always give online. Again, I go to faith.com backslash give. Just make sure you give that to Kingdom Builders or you can text an amount and put KB to A4321. And uh, so again, I want to tell you as your pastor, thank you for being generous. Thanks for all you do already here at Faith Church to make ministry happen. Thanks for being generous above and beyond to half a million dollars so we can continue to do incredibly ministry, uh, ministry work around the world. But let's push the ball. Let's do a little bit more, and uh, let's get into the end zone. Come on, how you go about reaching more people for Jesus? Come on. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, let us, no one in this room, Father, feel manipulated. I pray we'd be inspired to give. I pray, Father, we'd be challenged to obedience. And I pray every person, every person, Lord, would just sense a call to not give just to give, but God, to give for eternity. And so, Lord, we pray, God, you bless this offering. Father, thank you for the faithfulness and the generosity of this house. Thank you for the faithfulness and generosity of your presence. Lord, we do it all for the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom and to sow into eternity and to sow into life change. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody who agrees, said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Pastor Chris is going to lead us when he's done. Y'all are dismissed, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence you never fail me yet come on let's sing this out I've seen you move, cause I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe that I'll see you do it again, you made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move, you move the mountain.
Can we just give him praise one more time today? Come on, put your hands together. Lift up your voice and bless him. Well, listen, it was great having you with us this morning. You could go ahead and be dismissed. We'll see you back here next Sunday. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us here at Faith Church. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus and want more information on what that looks like, text the word ALIVE to 97000. We'd love to come alongside you and help you as you begin to take the first steps in your spiritual journey. If this message encouraged you or challenged you today, let us know. Leave a comment, send us a message, or tag us in a post. We love hearing about how God is using this ministry to bring life change to people all over the world. And again, if you love what's happening here at Faith Church and you'd like to partner with us financially to take the message further, you can give a one-time gift or set up recurring donations at igotofaith.com or simply text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you back here next week.